it's Dallas Travers, and welcome to Coaches on a Mission. This show is dedicated to helping you, a values-driven coach, build a business that you're truly proud of. My guest today is Megan Yelaney. She is on a mission to help online coaches sign high-ticket clients that they really love and to do so month after month without feeling icky or salesy, lost or desperate, simply by standing out and being 110% themselves. So for Megan, it starts by identifying your unique coaching method and then leveraging it across your business. The results? Really an uncopyable brand that no one can compete with. So inside the episode, Meg is going to walk you through the four-phase process she relies on to help you embrace your own uniqueness and use it to sign dream clients by leveraging, like I said, those things that make you you. So grab a pen and paper because you're definitely going to want to take some notes. This episode is like a mini masterclass in uncovering your unique brand. And while you're at it, if Meg's method inspires you, be sure to take her special quiz designed to reveal your unique coaching method. You can find it at meganyelaney.com slash quiz. And with that, here's Meg. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. For our listeners, you can't see it, but Megan is holding a microphone in her hand like she's going to sing us a, a tune. I love it so much. You're just very embodied. Yeah, I feel like it's the perfect. This is the perfect setting for what we're going to talk about because I'm holding a microphone, which is definitely part of the Pretty Awkward brand. And I'm actually visiting my dad in Las Vegas. We live in Las Vegas half the year, but I'm staying with him a few days. And there's like a Harry Potter shrine behind me, which is also part of the brand. So it's just perfect. It's all wonderful. (laughs) Well, actually, speaking of the brand, I think that's a great place to start because I'm not going to give a spoiler here. So why don't you share with our listeners how the Pretty Awkward brand came to be? I love this question because I just think even asking that question, it's like, what wait, what brand? What, what are you talking about? Did you say that right? So it's really fun to talk about this. So my Pretty Awkward brand really came to be, I would say, back in 2017. Before 2017, I was in network marketing. I'm still technically network marketing, but I was actively building. And in 2017, I just realized I wanted more streams of income. I saw you know, how wall network marketing is incredible. So much of it was dependent on the company and their policies and procedures and everything. And I just had learned so much. And I was like, I need to take this information somewhere and I can't just do it here. Mm. And so I started to expand in my own business and I, I branched into health and fitness coaching because that's what I was doing in the uh, network marketing company, even though really what I was doing is business coaching. I thought, oh, it's health related. So that quickly changed, but I started doing that. And what I found was, you know, you're taught see success, emulate it, copy it, right? And so I was following the top fitness influencers, the people who were, you know, very successful coaches and essentially trying to emulate them in my own way, of course. But just like anything, when we basically take something and then try to just like add our own words or tweak it this way, it still is very much theirs. And it still felt very weird. Completely. And at the time, this is still a thing, but at the time, this was back in 2017, it was very, very popular to do what's called the booty pose or the belfy, as they say, which is basically you twist your whole body in this way that's just not possible for most humans. And it's it makes you look very flattering, right? It's a very flattering pose. It's incredibly hard to do. And for me, It felt so awkward and just so inauthentic. And I would take these pictures and that's what you're supposed to do. 
And I was like, if this is how I have to do my business, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do this anymore. And as silly as that sounds, it was literally what every single fitness coach was doing to bring in clients was doing this pose, which is so ridiculous when I say it out loud. There was one time that I filmed myself doing this because I was told, film yourself and then you'll take screenshots of the best poses, which is actually a very good tip for anyone wanting photos. It's still to this day, I think a great way to, to get good photos. And I was watching the video back to screenshot and I was like, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> the funniest video, I was with my really good friend at his apartment and his cat's jumping up behind me and he's like laughing at me trying to do this post. I said, you know what? I'm going to post this video instead of the actual picture and just call out how ridiculous this is. And not like shaming the fitness industry because some women do it super confidently and they're meant to do it, but that wasn't me. And so I said, like, I'm just going to call out how ridiculous this is. Does anyone else feel really awkward doing this? And it went viral for my page. And Uh from that post, I got so many, not only did it go viral for my page and it grew my page, but I got so many messages and so much connection points, which resulted in many clients and quickly resulted in me realizing I'm not meant to do fitness coaching. I blew up up my network marketing business because of business coaching. And so quickly switched, but that's literally when the pretty awkward brand was born. And I just kind of, the, the real essence of that word is business is, is awkward, right? Especially when you're getting started. And I want people to be able to be 100% themselves and still see success. And so yes. it's like, let's find your pretty awkward. How can you leverage what makes you unique, what you, makes you different? And actually make that your brand instead of trying to hide it and put on this filter and this curation. And back then, it wasn't as popular to do. I think right now, as we're moving into 2022, it's definitely non-curation, having more of a real feed and all of that is very popular, which is amazing. It's a great shift. But back then it wasn't. It was like beautiful feed. Everything was so filtered. And so what I was doing was kind of unique for the time. And Mm -hmm. that's my goal. I want people to build their business with a completely unique brand being themselves because you can can sustain that. You can't sustain pretending you're someone else. Right. That's how it was born. I know that was a long story. Got it. No, it's so good. I love it. I love it. So I have a couple of questions around this. The first one is, okay, yes, I want to build a business. I believe you. I can be successful and be me. How do I give myself permission or uncover what does actually make me uniquely me? Do you have a process around that? I do. I love that question. And I actually sat down in... In 2019, this idea came to me because I developed my unique coaching method process, it's called, basically because I looked at a lot of my clients and myself who had like just a shift and everything took off for them. It wasn't a specific hack. It wasn't a specific like strategy. It was them 100% owning exactly what you just said. And so I kind of analyzed, I was like, there's some method to this madness. It didn't happen for one person, it happened for many. And so I did create a formula because I realized we were going through this framework. So I can totally Mm -hmm. walk you through that. It's great. The beautiful thing is it's super simple. It's not hard. It just takes a lot of consistency and time. (laughs) And I'm going to guess also self-trust, which we'll probably get into that. So let's hear the framework and then have that conversation, right? Totally. No, that's definitely a huge piece of it. So I kind of break it into four parts. And the first two are more like about you. And the second two are more about your expertise and your Mm -hmm. audience, because you can't just be like, Hey, I'm a personality and this is me, but it has nothing to do with your business. Unless you want to just be an influencer. That's fine. Everyone listening here is 
building a business, wants to sign clients, you know? And so that's the disconnect I do see people have. So just to preface it, we're going to go over two more personality-based things and then two more expertise-based things. And the four together is what makes that beautiful combination. So the first is your personality and a couple leading questions for you to write down and really journal on is how do you want to make people feel when they're with you? When they leave a conversation with you, what do you want them to feel? What do you want them to think? And you know, you probably can experience this with with people in your life. There's certain people, for good or for bad, that you leave a conversation and you're like, I'm exhausted. (laughs) I need to wait a few months. And then there's some people you're super energized by. You have one conversation with them and you're inspired and you're you're lit up and you're laughing and all those things. So how do you want people to leave a conversation with you? And this will extend to how do you want them to leave your social media page? How do you want them to leave your story? So It'll expand, but I really encourage you to just think of your true real life, like actually people that you will see in person. The next question, and this is something I encourage you to actually ask the people who are closest to you in your life, your friends, your family. I encourage you to ask people who know the very real you, not the Instagram version or social media version, because we all put a little bit of a filter on even when we're 100% ourselves. But those people who who will be really honest with you and ask them, what are like three qualities that you would say represent me? How do you feel when you leave a conversation with me? Mm-hmm. What do you think of when you think of me? What song comes to mind? What colors come to mind? Some of these kinds of questions and write that down. And again, ask them to not sugarcoat it, don't put a sensor on, let them like really just go all in. And then number three is really thinking about how can you, it's basically positioning you as your brand, not a curated perfect version of you. And again, we'll kind of dive into this in the, in the other steps, but the first part is your personality. And again, you're going to get lots of words. So quirky, fun, silly, doesn't take self too seriously, motivated, inspiring. When I um, actually created the Pretty Awkward Brand, while we had the idea of it, we didn't solidify it until after I sent a survey out to friends, to family, to past clients, to current yeah. clients. And I got all these words. And so I really encourage you to do that. You can send your own survey out and get all these words. Then you're not guessing at what brand you want. You're not saying, I like the color purple. So purple is going to be my brand color. And you're actually doing it backed on data. So that's the first step. Second is in addition to your personality, like just who are you? What, how do people describe you is your lifestyle. And this is where you'll really connect, especially if you're a personal brand, you'll really connect with your clients on a different level. So are you a mom? Are you a wife? Do you have specific hobbies? Are you a super aunt? That's a huge way I identify with a lot of people in my audience. Is Are there for hobbies, for example, I'm in musical theater. So it's something I'm constantly connecting with people on. I've literally had actors hire me because... They want to, they're building a business, but they also like that I get that part of their life. What routines do you have that are like, you know, very, you're very loyal to? And then how is this similar to your client, those connection points or the client that you would like to take on, right? This part's really great because it's great for metaphors within your expertise. So for example, I had a retreat this weekend and I did this exercise and one of my clients is a mom and she's a fitness coach. And so she's created a whole new content plan on how to compare motherhood to fitness She's so excited about it because her clients who are mostly mothers are going to so understand that and connect with that versus someone who's just talking about weight loss in general, right? Completely. And there's just this other layer of trust. I immediately now feel like I'm in the club with you because there's this other layer of trust or this other like background music playing. Yes, totally. Our greatest hits album. Whenever I talk about Keith Morrison, because I love Dateline. 
But I, anytime I mention Keith Morrison, I will get DMs from people being like, I'm so glad you mentioned Keith Morrison because I, I love agree. It. Shout out to Keith Morrison. We love your voice. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> no, that's such a great example. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's something that like, Keith Morrison's not going to be your brand necessarily, right? But it's going to be something that people can have a, a connection point on, you know? Right. Or a metaphor that I draw. And now you feel like, oh, I totally get her because no one else talks about Keith Morrison. And yes, this Keith Morrison metaphor you're drawing completely Mm -hmm. resonates with how I feel when I'm selling to clients. Exactly. It lands. And it's like a concept that was so, a concept that they didn't get, they finally get, and they connect you to that person who made that connection. They're like, oh, wow, now I understand it because Dallas helped me get that connection. So I love metaphor and I think it's so powerful. So that exercise will help you for sure. Just as another little example, we talked about this a lot this weekend. So I wanted to bring this up kind of perfect timing that we're doing this after this whole big weekend I had, but Harry Potter is a huge thing. My one connection point for me, for my clients, but it's not like you're going to go to my sales pages and it's like brown and (laughs) what colors are these like brown and red. Those are not my colors. Those don't represent, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I think sometimes the only reason I want to say this is because I see people take it to such a literal extreme. And it's not like, you don't come to my page. Those aren't the colors. Harry Potter's not all over. In fact, it's nowhere to really be found, except I have some metaphors or maybe I'll throw a lightning bolt in there and more of the essence. So I think the reason I always reference Harry Potter is it's really one of those brands that a lot of people who felt other feel accepted and feel, for lack of a better term, normal or welcomed or, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, there's a community that people will love me for me. And I would just watch the reunion, the 20th anniversary. And it was like, people felt like they were coming home. And it was kind of like a band of misfits in a beautiful way. Right. That's what I think of the Pretty Awkward brand as. It's like, you can be 100% yourself and we're going to help you make money based off of that, right? Yeah. It's more of the essence of the brand versus the literal colors and all of that. So I just wanted to make that pretty clear. Thank you for clarifying that. And what I'm hearing you say here is this piece is about identifying the things that light me up that are also a shared experience with my audience. And now I use those as metaphors or as a wink and a nod in my own content where now it creates a deeper sense of belonging. Right. Because you're in on the joke. If exactly. You yeah. And especially with the way content's going with, if we're just speaking specifically Instagram with reels or TikToks and in short form, very um, low attention content, we need to get people's attention. And so if you can say something in a way that's also entertaining, like edutainment, right? Mm-hmm. Educating them and entertaining them, you're going to win right? You're going to capture their attention. You don't have to be a performer to do this. None of like most of my clients aren't performers. Some of them are, and they're yeah. doing this. So you don't, I just want to make that clear too, but yeah, yeah 100%, great connection point. So all that's wonderful. But if you just do that, then you're, you're basically a personality and an influencer, which again, nothing wrong with that. If you want to just do affiliate marketing and all that, that's wonderful. But if you're trying to sell high ticket services, coaching, you've got to actually also be positioned as as an expert too. And so that's the biggest piece of the puzzle that comes in. So the next part is your expertise. And Mm -hmm. when you're listing this, and I have some leading questions that I think could be helpful. You want to think about this with the offers in mind that you want to enroll people in. So this can naturally lead into your offer and can almost have you be selling without selling without launching, mm-hmm. I should say. So I think I have one, two, three, four questions. So a couple questions to write down and answer. What do you really want to be known for in terms of your expertise? So if someone said, oh, 
Dallas, I always think of incredible client attraction. Megan, I always think of branding and unique coaching method. So-and-so I think of sales. Like they have this association that they know this is one of your like PowerPoints, right? Second question, what could you rant about all day? What could you just like, oh no, watch out. She has the mic. She's never going to stop talking. (laughs) They're going to go off on this topic. The next question, what are your favorite topics to talk about within your field? And I say favorite because I, I do find when I ask that first question, a lot of people write down things that they happen to be really great at, but they don't love. They're like, Oh, I've always just been really great at this. So I can talk about this. But I mean, those topics that you're like, Oh, I love talking about this. This fills me up. This like really lights me up. Right. So write down those. And then number four, what are the offers that you're selling this year? And what specific expertise do you need to highlight from them? Like Mm -hmm. they need to know okay, if I'm going to sell a a course, let's say on sales strategies, just an easy example, then I need to be positioned as a sales expert before I sell that. So those four questions. And like I said before, this is going to help you start selling without actively launching constantly. If you're consistently putting out content around these expertises, around the problems that you're solving for people, you can drive them into a free training or prompt them to DM you. And so that can start a conversation. You don't have to just rely on the constant open close cart. And so within this one, I actually have a little bit of a a client exercise, like to come up with it. I call it my top three client exercise. If you want me to really quickly share that too. And so when you're doing this, I just encourage you to do it like pen and paper. I find it's easier when you can like write it down so that it like really sinks in. But what I want you to do is write down your top one to three clients, right? I encourage you to do three. If you can answer these questions. Number one, what did they come to you with? Like, what was that catalyst that made them sign up? And I encourage you to think more so of the moments, like not everyone has a rock bottom moment, right? They're not always going to like have to hit that before they invest in your help. But what was that moment that made them go, this is it. I need this help. There's, I can't do it on my own anymore. Right. So write that down. The next question, why did they pick you over someone else? Why, Mm -hmm. how are you different? What skills did you have that they really liked? What about your testimonials spoke to them? What about your content? And if you don't know, ask them. Yes. It's so funny how many people are like, well, I don't know. I'm like, just ask them. Do you have their phone number? You've yeah. been working with them. And actually, the times I've done this, because I literally was like, huh, I actually don't know. Let me go ask them. It feels really great, first of all, as the coach. They're like so excited to help you with this. So I promise you, they're not going to think it's weird. Just say you're doing a little bit of, you absolutely adore them and you want more clients like them. And so you want to know what project yeah. to sign up with you. It's a win win. And what I'm really hearing you say that I want to underscore for our listeners is specificity is more powerful here. So I heard you say like what specific moments and maybe even if they could mention a a live that you did or a post that you did or something that was said rather than more general, like I like your philosophy and your approach. We want to really get granular. A hundred percent. Exactly. Hit the nail on the head because then you can keep duplicating that. And it's so funny. A a great example of that is I, I did that and I had two people say that they saw my, um, I do these singing videos. I don't know if you've ever seen any of them. I basically, I rewrite the lyrics to Disney songs and and sing lessons on, on business. And two of them said they signed up after that. Like they'd seen some of my other stuff, but that was like the thing that made them go, okay, I'm ready. And so I, yeah. I mean, I dove deeper into why, cause it's like, it honestly has to be valuable. You're not going to sign up just because I was singing. If it's a business program, that was like really eye opening. I was like, okay, this got their attention. 
there was valuable a lesson in the song. And so I, I kept doing more of that. And that really helped me step into that. So definitely get those specific uh, moments. And a question that you can put in your application, if you do, you know, pre-qualifying before you're getting on calls is why are you applying to work with me? Like, what about me interests you? So I have my question here. I can read, but it says, why do you feel that this program and having Meg as your coach might be the right fit to really get your business off the ground? What about this program or Meg appeals to you? And I can't tell you how much clarity I've gotten from this question in my applications so much content from this. So you'll know this is what they've seen. And like you said, if you can even ask specific moments. So I even put it in my applications and people really like putting that out. And then the next quick question as you're doing this exercise. So the last one we said was, why did they pick you versus someone else? And then number three, what was that light bulb moment for the client? This will help you hone in on your expertise more and what you should be educating on. What did you do with them in that light bulb moment? What tool or exercise or question or strategy did you use in that moment? Because that is something that you could maybe up the ante on and become more known for. Number four, what was the result? What were the client's results? What they experience? And then number five, how did you make them feel throughout the process? And again, ask them, did they feel included? Did they feel accepted? Did they feel seen? Did they feel safe? You want to get words like that because that's really important, especially for high ticket coaching. How are they going to feel during this experience? Um, And I wanted to say something to that point. If listeners, if you ask these questions and the feedback you get is, I felt really challenged Mm. or you were really good at pushing my buttons, those answers are the right answers for you. All the examples that Megan, you just gave were very like inclusive and warm and fuzzy. That's your brand and that's your program. But the key here is the right answers are the ones your favorite clients give you, not the ones that sound the nicest, right? No, that's actually so true. And actually, now that you say that, like I do this every time I have clients and one of them was like, you make me think outside the box. You don't let me like rest on my first choice. Actually, one way I know I have to hire a coach is if I get pissed off when I read their sales page. Oh, I love that. I (laughs) love that. Okay. I'm sweaty right now and really never want to see this person's face again. So that means it's time for me to stretch myself. So it's just funny. As coaches, our job isn't to get people to like us. It's for Mm -hmm. us to challenge them. That's the whole point. So I love that. That's great. Hey, I've got a question for you. What's your coaching superpower? If you haven't thought about it, I've got a free quiz that's pretty good at deciphering your magical mojo. Are you great at creating connections? Maybe you're a natural leader who people just trust, or perhaps it's your strong sense of purpose that you really need to leverage. Let's find out where you are, where you want to be, and how to best get you there with the Coaching Superpower Quiz. It'll take you about 45 seconds to complete, and when you're done, you'll learn the precise steps you need to take, whether you're ready to scale your business, you want to build your list, or you just need to find some paying clients. Plus, you'll get your very own personalized toolkit that caters to your unique superpower because accentuating the positive is always a good idea. So if you're ready to clear away the fog, chart your course, and steer your business in the right direction with as much ease and grace as possible, go take the superpower quiz. You can find it now at sixfigurecoachquiz.com. So that's your expertise. And there's a lot in there, as you can see, because that's a huge part. So after that, 
while that's amazing, this is where the unique part comes in. You don't want to just stop there because there's lots of people who are going to have a similar expertise as you, right? So how do you do it differently? So the fourth step is your unique approach. How do you do it differently from others in your industry or the industry as a whole? So for example, I use uh, one of my clients as a binge eating coach. She helps women uh, recover and heal from binge eating. And she has a pretty... I'm trying to think of the term for this, but she draws her line in the sand with her approach. Her approach is that therapy does not work and it's neural reprogramming. And when she's very like, Hey, this is my approach. She's going to get some haters. She's going to get some people who don't agree, but I've got to tell you, she has signed more clients by being really, really strong in her approach because she's the people who therapy didn't work for them. They are like, I need you. And they're all about it. So this is where you don't want to be fearful of getting a little bit of criticism for your approach, as long as it's true to you and you're not just trying to be combative to be combative or divisive to be divisive. You never want to do that. It's got to be true to you. And for her, that's very true to her. And that's her process. And it just made the world of difference. And literally people have said, I chose you because of your approach, like those actual words, which is pretty great. So how do you do it differently? What are your philosophies versus others? And I would even take it like say sales, for example, just to keep that same example. How do some people do sales? Like, do they follow a very specific script? They recommend you read it verbatim. And do you have the complete opposite? No script, very intuitive, but with some guidelines, whatever it is, like those are the kind of things you want to really let your audience know publicly. Inside the hive, we call this taking a stance and really just clarifying your stance. So that's infusing your values, really getting clear on where your industry might seem broken or backward or outdated. And if you're going to make a point, if you're going to take up space on the internet, Mm -hmm. make a point worth making. Otherwise, you're just contributing to more noise. So that's what I hear you saying here. This, Your approach is about where you like a hill you're willing to die on. I love that. And it's no longer people, I think people call it like vanilla marketing, especially now that more and more people are coming online. It's not saturated at all. We just need to get more creative. And part of being creative is being really honest and being blunt and being brave. And I know we'll talk about that in a minute. It's like, sounds easy, but it's not all the time. So we can definitely talk about that. And part of an exercise that I, that I do with clients to help them with this is writing their stand for stand against list. I recommend doing this first with your stand against. I find it so much easier for people to write what they stand for. It's so easy to say what we stand against. And so it's the opposite is what we stand for usually. And so just writing out some things, and this could be three to five things, however many you want. What do you stand against that you see in your industry? And again, that sales was an example. I hate sales scripts. I hate bringing in robotic ways to do sales, et cetera, right? But there's probably many, many more within your expertise. So go back, look at your expertise. What do you see people in your industry doing that you really can't stand? (laughs) And then what's the opposite of that? And that can become one of your mantras, essentially, like you kind of said, one of your values and how you run your Mm -hmm. business. And you're going to notice a lot of these should overlap with your personal values. Like it shouldn't be very different because you're you and your business is going to be an extension of who you are. So that's a really, really great exercise. And it's great again for content ideas and for polarization in a way that's genuine, not just for the sake of doing it. And this is how you start to become more than just how you help people. Maybe you help people with sales, but also you have this philosophy. And that's when people buy into you as a brand because they're like, wow, it's not just this robotic person who can help me with this thing, but they also stand for something I so believe in. That connection is just such a beautiful, it's a beautiful combination. Um, They see the world in the same way that I do. 
And this, like, just to make a big asterisk, this will lose you followers. (laughs) But the ones that aren't about your approach and who don't believe in it, one, they wouldn't probably buy from you or they would not thrive in your program and you would not enjoy the relationship. We want to attract people who have similar values. Of course, we want to attract a diverse group of people. But if we don't have the same inner core values, it's going to be really tough to to coach them. And so that smart marketing is all about You've done your job when the viewer, the audience, right, has made a decision, not when they decided yes. That's not necessarily smart marketing. Smart marketing is when the decision is crystal clear for people. And I Mm -hmm. kind of like close this this approach part out with why do this? Because a lot of people are like, well, what will developing this unique approach do? And I've really come to three main things that really help why the, what's the purpose of doing all this, right? One is it's going to help you attract truly ideal clients, right? I really, really ideal, not just anyone who can afford your services and feels like they need that transformation, but really people you love working with. When you do that, they thrive with you. They refer yeah. you and they resign. And so that's huge. Like so many of my clients now after doing this have a very good referral based business because of that, because it's just natural byproduct. So that's number one. Number two, it's going to help your content stand out from everyone else with a similar expertise. And then number three, this will help you compare less because you truly can see you're like, wow, I truly am different from everyone else in my industry because of this four-step combo. No one's going to have the same personality, lifestyle, expertise, and unique approach. And so- It just honestly, for me personally, this has helped me really lessen that comparison game that is inevitable at some extent, but it really lessens it. So those are like the three main reasons. Here's what I, what's coming up for me as I listen to this approach. And thank you for walking us so thoroughly through it. We began this conversation around how to be authentically you. And I'm sitting here, I think you're about halfway through and I wrote down, you could take the lazy long road or the intentional efficient path. Mm. So on its face, are you kidding? I don't want to go through these four steps. I want to ask people, I have to do all this work to figure out what I stand for. It's a hell of a lot easier to just take my mentor's five-step system and switch the words around and now use pink in my brand instead of neutral tones and feel different enough. Like That feels like it would be so much faster. It's a quick start with a slow growth and probably not a strong finish. Or we can take this very embodied, authentic, data-driven approach in the beginning, really load the car up with a full tank of gas so that we can drive faster if we want to and definitely travel further. So for I guess I want to make this point for anyone listening, thinking, can't I just make a few, get some Canva templates and make a few posts? Yeah. Or like, mm-hmm. I think I'm clear enough. And anyone who wants to bypass this work, Do not be fooled that there is a faster path. The fast path is this intentional path. In action, it feels, it seems slower when you look at it step by step or day to day. But when you take a step back and look at the months or the years that get wasted because you're starting over every time you work with a different mentor who has a different system, you're starting from scratch, you're like doing a lot of work, but you're not moving forward. I guess I'm making a strong case for everything that you just shared because it is work. And that's Mm -hmm. what building a business, especially one that is authentic to you, that's what it involves is work and intentionality. I love that you like really honed that in because 
you know, I, like I said, 2017 is when the brand came to be. It's 2022 and it's thriving and only growing. That didn't happen because of the quick fixes. It happened because I did this work unintentionally at first, but also Mm. not because I, it's funny you say that because I did that. I did that whole copy your mentor thing. When I was in network marketing, that was pretty much what we were encouraged to do. And I'm like, I'm a great student. I will listen and I will copy. It pretty much didn't work as far as like engagement goes. Like my no client, no um, content or attraction marketing was happening. I would post something, very little would happen from it. I did not get clients mm-hmm. from that. I did have a lot of success because I hustled so hard. Right. And that's the difference. It's not that... It was hustle just to get the sale in a way that was so unsustainable. I was like, mm-hmm. I cannot send this many messages and do this and convince and, and all these things. Whereas once I started switching to this method, I was like, wow, it's going to take a little bit of time to build, but way less energy hustle. You know, right. I, I don't need to do that anymore. I can just be patient and trust that there is going to be this domino effect. So I love that you said that because I've truly experienced both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. The second side is way better. It's way yeah. more sustainable. And again, you don't feel you, I'm sure anyone listening who has done that, which no shame, I've done it many times. Yeah. You've all been there. I felt this like pit in my stomach. I felt mm-hmm. like, oh gosh, something feels really off because I'm sure one of your values is authenticity and is being yourself, right? And so when you're going against that, it feels really uncomfortable. And so I just encourage you, like like you said so beautifully, like really look at, is it the faster track or is it actually going to be you starting over and over and over? It's actually no track. It is not, you're not on a track. (laughs) Very true. So inside the hive, we have a lot of members who are, A plus students. They love following directions. They're in the program because they're learning something they haven't done before. So I want to know what feedback you have for the coach who's building a business and looking for that balance between applying what their mentor teaches them and actually making it their own. And I think more specifically, I'm asking, like, how do I know Mm. when... I'm in resistance when it's like not pure motivation and when it's actually my authentic expression coming forward, whether that's to completely follow what I'm being told to do or to completely throw it away. I hope the answer makes sense because I don't know if there's a super direct process like my forced process (laughs) would be great for this because it is very intuitive, but it's, there's always something I say to clients or even I I apply this to myself when I'm working with a mentor. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to feel if someone, if a mentor tells me something and I have this feeling in my gut, it's usually either like a scared feeling or just like, Oh, I don't know about that. It's usually either it's not right for me and it's just not aligned with me or I'm just scared because it's yeah. like the next level, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh. And so fear, I can always work through. We can always work through that. We can always like, there's exercises, there's tons of stuff to work through. Totally. But the other one is like, huh, it's just probably not right. And I'm sure as you're listening, like you're like, oh, yep, I've definitely felt that. And so I just think we don't identify that those are the two options usually. So mm-hmm. just being aware, like going, okay, I'm feeling this like, mm, I'm not sure about this. This feels a little wonky. Great example is a lot of people have a very polarizing view on DM messages. Should right. you do them? Some people are like, nope, don't DM. It's wrong. Some people are like, copy paste and send the same one to a million people. And some people have that more middle ground. That's personally where I am, which is I think DM messages can be a beautiful way to grow your business, but it has to, it can't be copy paste. It can't be cold messaging pitching anything like that. And so if your mentor says, I want you to go message 20 people a day with this message, and you're like, Oh, this feels like a really 
weird feeling. Is that me not thinking this is right for me? Or is that me being fearful? Again, if that was me, it would be, that's not right for me. Not that it's not fearful. So if that makes sense, like I can go, how do I say, okay, there's validity in what they're saying, but how do I make it mine? Maybe instead of sending those cold messages, I do 10 instead of 20 and they're truly authentic responses to that person's content. And I'm actually engaging with them as a human. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like it's a compromise. So our approach is really similar to this, which is, okay, I'm getting this advice and I'm having feelings about the advice. (laughs) Sometimes for me, I can't actually tell. It isn't aligned because it's not values aligned or it isn't aligned because it scares me. I actually can't tell until I've tried it. So what I will often do is say, all right, I'm going to make this process my own. And the first step to making it my own is to follow the steps Mm. as they're provided for me. So I actually know what part of this makes sense and what part of it is just scary. And then after I go through the process, I feel like I have more information rather than just my emotions around what's going to work and what isn't going to work. But I think we, the intention is the same. The practice is just a little bit different. That's actually probably more realistic too, because it is probably hard to tell. And I'm probably saying that from someone who's been in it for on the other side. So now mm. I can trust my intuition, but even two years ago, I probably couldn't, you know what I mean? So it's a yeah. really good point. And, and I think even to that point, just knowing that like one thing I always, a mentor a long time ago told me this and always stuck with me, nothing in business is ever an emergency. And I truly believe that. <laughs> Completely. I'm like, you're not operating on people. Like I literally have a friend who, who does that. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. a physician's assistant. What she does is life and death. What I do isn't, right? Like if the wrong, if I try something and I do a process and I'm like, mm, that didn't feel great. No one's hurt. We're okay. So I think it's like what you said is such a good point. Like do it, try it and then evaluate. Everyone's gonna be okay. You can always do it again. So, and another thing I want to underscore about this is by trying it, we can, let's just say it's six steps, right? We can actually break it down and say, oh, it was step two. It was that part that didn't work for me. I see this a lot with coaches who try our client search system. It'll be like, oh, I tried client search and it didn't work. I'm like, really? The whole thing just didn't work. And then if we break down each phase, we uncover pretty quickly that their messaging was off or they actually didn't do step four or they need more practice with sales conversations, which is a very different solution than going out and trying and replacing the whole engine of the car rather than just fixing a valve. That's how like new formulas, new frameworks get invented. No one's, I don't know that that phrase exactly, but it's pretty much like there's actually no original idea. Everything's stemmed off of something else at this point. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, maybe you skip step two or you rewire step two and all of a sudden you have a completely different framework and that's your unique framework. It's just different. It's slightly based on someone else's. And that's how people have these unique frameworks. How how else would we do it, right? <laughs> like we need to start somewhere. So I love, it's a great point. All right. I want to wrap this conversation up with one more question, which yeah. is, and we've touched on it a little bit, but you have been able to, from the outside looking in, Megan, mm-hmm. it looks like you have been able to just very confidently and wholeheartedly embrace what's weird about you and yeah. use it to your benefit. What first step or what encouragement do you have for a coach listening who is still working on their own self-acceptance or working on really releasing the judgments they have around 
who they authentically are so that they can begin to give themselves permission to really lean into this wonderful process you shared with us today. Oh, therapy, like joking, but not joking. Actually, I think we all experience that, but especially I I love that you asked this question because it's definitely something I talk about a lot. Easier said than done. Just be yourself. What if you were shamed for being yourself? What if you were made fun of your whole life for being yourself? That's not Mm -hmm. an easy thing to do. So I, I definitely... Actually, that's a a real tip, (laughs) but also is community. This has been why I've been able to do this is when I was in 2017, when I did that, it took me a long time to admit how ridiculous this felt. And I talked about it with my community, people who are in Mm -hmm. the industry with me. And I felt like I had them behind me. I was like, they will go to bat for me so that when I post that video, if I have people hating on it, they will be back there defending me. And they will be like, mm-hmm. you go girl. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. And just that alone gave me that confidence that, Hey, if I flop and I fall, I have these people to support me. Just such a great feeling. And also, and not that I, I recommend doing this because I really think it's important to keep what we're doing as a learning experience. But say you do a live and you go in this perspective, you're like, I've gone through the process. I feel like I'm being me. And you're like, oh my gosh, I hate that. That was horrible. You can always delete it. I don't want people to, because I think it's good to have, like I have my content from when I started and it's embarrassing, but it's also like humbling and look where we started. Okay. (laughs) But you can, you can, that's the great thing is like, you can delete anything you need. So it's just that nice, you know, example. So community, you can always delete it, therapy. And then also is looking for, this is a term, I was in a a manifestation membership called To Be Magnetic with Lacey Phillips, I believe her name is. So I did not coin this term and she's trademarked it. It's called expanders. And I love Mm -hmm. how she puts it is find your expanders, essentially people who have done this, that are proof and done it safely. And they've been okay. Uh, that proof that you can do it. And I love that. And then she says, that's with anything that you want to do, right? Who do you know that is unique and different and quirky? And it's just so authentically them and has had success, but has also had ups and downs to get there. Like they didn't mm-hmm. just, it wasn't just smooth sailing. No one's a smooth sailing, but some people make it seem like it's smooth sailing. Right. <laughs> and yeah. you use those as expanders as proof that it's possible. Mm. Those, are, those are some ways I would, I would recommend, but I also want to just admit it's a process that it's just going to get easier the more you do it. I definitely was terrified the first few times, the first year, honestly. And even now, yeah. even yeah. now, I still get nervous. So, totally. And I, th- so what I'm hearing is two things around this. The first one is this is a process, not an event. You're not just going to arrive at the day that you fully accept all of who you are and throw it out there on the interwebs with complete <laughs> confidence, never second guessing yourself. And then I, what I got was, Perhaps there could be a different, another layer of intention around this, which is if I'm someone who would love to deepen my own self-acceptance, mm-hmm. I could use what you shared today, Megan, as a personal development exercise. So part of my process of uncovering what's unique about me and feeling safe to share it is leaning in and doing it and doing it wrong because that's how I'm going to grow. You're definitely going to do it wrong. And like you said, it's never, oh, I'm there. I've arrived. Like I still, because you grow and you evolve and I'm so different today than I was two years ago, you know? And so I'm finding these new pieces of me. And anytime you have a life change or especially what's been going on in the world, like that's going to change everyone. Like you're going to come up with that new version of you and it's going to be like, oh, here we go again. But I promise you, just like anything, a habit, it gets easier and easier and easier to do it. Yeah. 
Well, this has been such a fun conversation. Thank you for bringing your pretty awkwardness <laughs> to this oh conversation, but also for really breaking the process down for us. What a valuable exercise you shared. So I'm so grateful you came on the show. Yeah, I am too. Thank you so much for being here. You know, as someone who's worked with you and just yeah. like, just so value, like the time I had in your program, it was just honestly unmatched. So I just was honored to be asked to be here. So I'm so happy yeah. to be here. It's like full circle. It's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> super fun. Thanks, yeah. Megan. And thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you back here next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things <laughs> to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us, and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers biz mentor. You can do that now and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you it'll be worth it. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and I hope you have a wonderful week.